Friday and welcome to the Colby Daniels podcast presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, and Delta 8. If you're unfamiliar with any of these products, don't hesitate to give Artisan Botanicals a call. Ask questions. They're all about helping educate you on these products and how they can benefit your daily life. I'm a customer and I can tell you they're great people that are genuinely uh, looking out for you. So give them a call, 405-458-9699. Plus, we're saving you 15% off your online order at abotanicalcompany.com. Use the discount code COLBYSHOW for 15% off, again, online at abotanicalcompany.com. All right, jumping into today's conversation, we have Will Brewer. Will Brewer, what is happening, my friend? Not much, man. Uh Barely made it home. Thought I was going to get stuck in snow on, on, in my neighborhood, but I'm here and I'm ready to rock and roll, brother. <laughs> is uh, are the roads pretty bad in your area? Just it's just in my neighborhood, oh, okay. man. If, if 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 I back out of my driveway, it's it's a journey just to get to the end of this uh, of the neighborhood to get out into the street. But once I'm in the street, it's good. But other than that, man, it's it's a journey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the road to our house is pretty bad. But once you, like, get out of, like you said, the neighborhood and onto Sooner Road, which is the road we're off of, it's smooth sailing in Sooner Road. Then we, I went into town today and no issues whatsoever. Uh, we had to run by Walmart at one point. The Walmart parking lot was complete chaos. It was like nobody had even been through that. There's like a million cars, but nobody's been through there, and it's just all ice and snow and no tracks whatsoever. I'm like, where did somebody just transport these cars into the parking lot? Like, I don't even understand how there are this many cars, but no tracks like to drive through, no wear down as far as driving through the snow. So uh, we made that, and then I spent about two hours today shoveling snow out of the driveway we have a oh god we have a long driveway like our, our house is set really far off the road so with the sun coming out today a little bit a lot of that snow was melting in the driveway and it was just gonna obviously refreeze and be a complete disaster so i spent uh spent a solid two hours shoveling snow and ice out of the driveway and now my back and shoulders and arms are probably not going to be able to move tomorrow so well i've been doing i've been doing the apartment thing for a few years and uh i just moved into a house this year and lord behold in my first couple months in the house and all of a sudden all hell breaks loose with this snow so uh sat or what, what day was that that would have been monday uh, i'm shoveling snow out of my driveway and my neighbors was telling me man like uh if you if you don't shovel the snow out of the driveway your house is so high that the sun's not going to be able to hit your driveway, so it's not going to melt. And there's the the, I, the snow is so high, and I'm just shoveling all by my all by my lonesome, you know, just yeah, get, you know, getting it out. Uh, I don't my my driveway's not that long, but geez, it was it was tough because there was so much, and it was just ice, and I'm just breaking yeah. it with the shovel, man. And uh, I hadn't shoveled snow in some years, so it, it was definitely uh, it was definitely tough. My back. I, I was I was basically uh, damaged goods in my game today. Uh, didn't do much moving. I had to do a really long stretch session because my back was no good. Yeah. But we got it done today, man. It was that's why I said it was tough. There today, you go. But. There you go. Was this was this a no defense type of game from you? Oh, absolutely. No defense <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, no no charges was taken. I barely drove inside. There you uh, go. It was it was mainly a three point uh, stay out of harm's way type game. 
I did get a dunk though, so it was good. Oh, okay. So <laughs> there's there's a little bit of juice in the tank. Barely, all that I can muster. After that, I was finished. <laughs> you guys didn't lose electricity for any length of time, did you? Oh, uh, man. Uh, we lost electricity for about 30 minutes, uh, but we were asleep when it happened. Oh, okay. That's all. So, um, luckily, uh, when I woke up, it was off, and then about 30, 45 minutes later, it was on. Yeah. So. yeah. What about you? Uh, we lost it Friday. I didn't do a show because we it was it was off. Most of Friday, like most of the morning, it was just, it was flashing. So I had tried to record a couple times that morning and it just kept flashing, you know, and like everything would shut off and then I'd have to reboot everything. And so finally I was like, all right, I'm just going to wait and see if it gets steady. And it still kept flashing. And then finally it just went out for a period of time. And at that point I was just like, all right, I'm calling it today. Uh, And then Monday, uh, same thing. It, It was fine until... I think sometime around noon when I was about to start and it was fine all morning, didn't have any issues. And then, you know, right as I, uh, was getting ready to, to, you know, start putting everything together and and record, start having issues again. And then Tuesday we were without it for like four hours, uh, Tuesday morning, finally got it back, but then we didn't have any internet the rest of the day. Oh, of course. And then didn't get internet (laughs) back until Wednesday afternoon. And so, yeah, it was, it was kind of a, a, as far as just the, you know, doing the show part was tricky, but you know, we were fine. The, the house never got too cold. Even, even the time that it was off for like three hours, I don't think the house ever got like below 60. So, you know, wear a hoodie, well, wear, uh, wear some sweatpants, totally fine. Right. But these, these temperatures, man, <laughs> 10 degrees, then we get down to the negative seven. I'm like, what, what, what in the hell right. is going on? Right. <laughs> I mean, we were having such a, such a nice winter. It was kind of warm, most of it. You know, not too bad. And all of a sudden, just like, man, what what yeah. happened, man? Yeah, I was joking yesterday. I was outside and I was shoveling some of the stuff off of the front porch. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, it's actually not that bad out here. And I looked at my phone and pulled up the temperature and it was like 16 degrees, I think. I was like, you know, it's been really bad when you're outside in 16 degree weather and you're like, hey, this, is, this isn't yeah, that bad. I can handle this. <laughs> wild man wild wild times but uh, luckily we're on we're getting to the warmer side i'm just like thank thank the lord yeah, yeah i think uh, i think we're supposed to be like in the high 50s uh either tomorrow or saturday i don't know my my days are all mixed up is this is this considered shorts weather now and tank top weather now i mean hey if i i spent two hours working outside today i i think that uh yeah i'm i i could totally do shorts if it's 50 yeah, at this point, man, I'm just like, man, bring me all the sun, bring me all the warmth. I need it. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. So, man, we had a uh, a pretty crazy pay-per-view last Saturday night. Um, this was not a card that was maybe going into it super exciting. Um, obviously, you had the, the main event, which everybody was excited about, but I don't know how many people were, were just super stoked about the lineup itself. Uh, but, you know, once again, I thought uh, overall it delivered. Absolutely, man. Like we were talking and then we were like, you know, this card isn't that good on paper. But I mean, from top to bottom, I mean, that was a really fun night of fights, man. From top to bottom, it uh, delivered the prelims, uh, the main card. I mean, even though there were some fights that dropped out, uh, the main card was extremely fun and, and then capped off by such an exciting main event. Uh, it was a great night of fights, man. Yeah. Uh Kamaru Usman, 
Holy cow. That for a guy that's as good as he is, that's undefeated in the UFC, that's on the win streak he's on, that has beaten the list of guys that he's beaten, I feel like that's the best he's ever looked. Absolutely. And it just seems like he continues to evolve, man. Um, moving out to uh, Denver with Trevor Whitman, it just seems like he has him really, really comfortable on his feet. Uh, e- even though um, it seemed like uh, in his previous fights, he was comfortable on his feet. But now with Trevor Whitman, you can tell like he just has it down to a He science, looks like man. a killer knows. on his feet now. That's the difference. Exactly. And, I mean, you can't call him Snoozman anymore because he's going out there and he's looking exciting on his feet. He's not just looking to take guys down. I mean, even though we knew that this was a tough fight for him stylistically, I mean, who expect who would have expected Usman to finish him by strikes right. in, in the second round or the third round, whatever round it was? Crazy, man. With a jab, uh, even. Looked phenomenal. Oh, man. His... That's one thing about Usman that I, that I uh, knew from uh, watching his earlier fights. His jab is strong, yeah. but I think working with Trevor Whitman really has uh, evolved his jab to another level. He's a strong guy, but, man, his jab was – it was scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sparring with Justin Gaethje, obviously Trevor Whitman being the guy that he is. Uh, I, I just felt like we saw the next evolution of Kamaru Usman's game and – uh, I mean, when you look at that welterweight division and you look at the guys that are lining up to try and take that title, he's he's already beat them all. I mean, it's and and Gilbert Burns I thought was a legit matchup. Um, Camaro even said in the in the post fight press conferences and and all of his media availabilities that he got hurt in that first round, and he's like, that's you know that's what would happen when we sparred. Um, I you know I I think that Gilbert Burns came into this thing with so much confidence because. In their sparring sessions, I think Gilbert had plenty of success, uh, but Kamara was able to to regain his composure. Uh, obviously, Gilbert said afterwards that that you know he got a little too excited and and uh, tried to do too much uh, and didn't leave enough in the tank. But um, you know, once Kamara kind of got his wits back and and really focused in. After he got that first devastating shot, it just kind of felt over. I mean, Gilbert was never really able able to recover. And then again, credit to Usman for not necessarily pushing it too much, like like Burns did in the first um, in the first period. But yeah, that was uh, that was wild. Yeah, and Usman said he knew Gilbert was going to come, you know, across the cage and pressure him. It was weird because. I'm not used to seeing Usman on the outside kind of needing to move. Right. Normally, he's the one right. that's pressuring people. So, I, I feel like he definitely knew it was coming. Now, we've never seen Usman get stumbled like that. That was that was wild. Burns hit him with a devastating shot right behind the ear. Uh, Usman said it was uh, it was more of a slip. He wasn't too hurt. But uh, it, it was it's good for Usman to just weather the storm, uh, you know, not get too out of control. Just kind of stay composed. And then, you know, Burns got too excited. He ended up uh, slipping, throwing a head kick, I believe. And Usman was able to just, you know, kick him while he was down, kind of just le- let him leave him there for like a few minutes. And it kind of messed up his whole, you know, rhythm that he had after that shot. So, and then the round ends, and then you go into round two. And then in the corner, Trevor Whitman literally told him, You're a champion because of your jab. Yeah. Like that's it was wild to me, and then Usman goes out there and just completely dominates him with his jab. When he dropped him the first time, it was with the uh, it was with a pullback right. It was it was beautiful, but outside of that, it was all 
that jab. And it was it was incredible, man. Usman, it's crazy because Usman's known as a wrestler. We know his wrestling base. We know how dominant he is. But if that guy is developing a striking game, my goodness, it's it's going to be hell for all of these contenders who are going to be trying to take this title off of him. Yeah, I mean, I, I that's uh, that's where I thought Gilbert Burns had an advantage in this thing. Um, he, he just, you know, I think he's quicker. I think he he will strike with more weapons and uh, come at you, you know, in, with different angles and. Uh, to see, not only to see Usman take the big shot early and recover the way that he did, but when he did hit Gilbert, Gilbert didn't bounce back the same way, right? Like, there, I, I thought that maybe Gilbert might have a little advantage in the power department, but, I mean, clearly, when, when Usman got him, the bounce back was not there. I mean, after that first big shot, I never really felt like Burns was completely back in it. Absolutely, he was not. You could tell he was wobbly the, the entire time. Yeah. And going back into the corner after round two, you could tell he was gassed. That those shots really hurt him. Uh, he got dropped twice, and then coming out uh, for the third round, you just knew like um, the corner can say every, anything they want, but at this point, you know, Burns is basically damaged goods. And Usman got him with a jab in the first like 20, 30 seconds, and it right. was a wrap from there. And uh, you, you don't see many people get dropped from a jab, which just shows you how powerful that Kamaru Usman is. And just him, I just, man, him adding that layer to his game, that striking layer to his game. I mean, these contenders, like, how are they going to, what, what is your game plan to beat Kamaru Usman now? Yeah. I mean, you just got to hope and pray like you land a big shot like Gilbert did and then just kind of don't go crazy and try to finish him. I mean, but... I mean, what is your game plan at this point to, to yeah. beat Kamar Usman? It, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I don't know right now, as it stands today, who that guy is. Uh, and look, there, I think you've probably heard it as well all week. Uh, people are starting to, to have that conversation. Is he the best welterweight of all time? How you know Where does he fit in that conversation? Um, I, I think there's an argument to be made today. But when you kind of look at, at what's coming up, obviously it looks like it's going to be Masvidal next. Um, I... I don't know where I don't know where the loss is coming from, to be honest. Yeah, man, I, I've heard a lot about uh, the Usman and GSP comparisons, and um, when I, when it comes to these goat debates, man, I mean, for me, it's tough because different times. Yeah. I mean, but GSP for his time, I mean, he did defend the title double digit. I don't know what the exact. I think number it, I think is, it was eleven it was times. Digit. Okay, that that's insane. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to defend your title, no matter who the competition is. You defended 11 times. That's incredible. And um, he was champion for, I mean, four or five, six years, something something crazy like that. I mean, the sport has evolved now, but for you to have that many title defenses over a period of time, that's incredible. But Usman is fighting um, better competition, I'll say. And this welterweight division is loaded, loaded yeah. with talent. And he's beaten these top, the top four or five guys. He's beaten them all. I think the only guy that he hasn't beaten in the top five is uh, Wonderboy Thompson, and right. uh, that would be a, that would be an intriguing matchup. But I mean, Usman might might as well just take him down and dominate him. I mean, he'll, he's definitely capable of doing that. But I mean, Masvidal, Covington, Leon Edwards, Gilbert Burns, Tyron Woodley, all these guys, uh, RDA, uh, yeah. he's beaten all these guys, dominated them, and you know that 
I mean, that resume itself stacks up as one of the best welterweight resumes resumes of all time, easily. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. He he defended the title against Burns, defended the title against Masvidal, defended the title against Covington, won the title against Woodley. Before that, he beat RDA. He beat Damian Maya. Um, I mean, you go back a little bit. Sean Strickland, Worley Alves, Leon Edwards. I mean, it, it's it's not like. He has gone through the 170 division without fighting the best. I mean, that's the who's who of that division. Uh, like you said, I think w- other than Wonder Boy, like there's there's not a name missing from that 170 resume. It's it's pretty incredible. And you know, he said after the fight that people need to start respecting him and and give him the credit that he deserves. And and I started thinking about this a little bit. The guy's 18 and one, again undefeated in in the UFC. Um, this incredible win streak in a really tough division. He's right, and I, I was I was kind of wondering like why why is that? Like because I, I think maybe I'm kind of guilty of this at times as well. And I, I think it just has to do with stylistically, you know, like that's what this sport is so much about. And we'll get into this with Curtis Blades in a second. But sometimes if you don't do it in a really flashy way, then the win. I mean, it's a win, but you know, I, I think the fan base as a whole. Um, you know, doesn't doesn't just get that same warm and fuzzy feeling about how good you are when you're constantly going to decisions. And and the thing is, even though he dominated some of these guys, when you go back and look at that list, I mean, a lot of these, like like Masvidal, didn't even look like he was in the same class as Usman. But it was a you know it went the distance and it was kind of a boring fight. And look, I don't blame him for fighting that fight. He fought the fight that was going to allow him to completely dominate Masvidal because he didn't have an answer for it. But after it was over, I think we all sat there and was like, okay, well, it makes sense why he would fight that fight, but it wasn't super entertaining. And so we don't walk away from that being like, that dude's a killer. You know what I mean? Like the Covington fight was a great fight. It was back and forth, but he beat Woodley by decision. He beat RDA by decision. He beat Damian Maya by decision. He beat uh, Leon Edwards by decision back in the day. There aren't just a bunch of finishes. And I think like, the more I thought about it, I think that's the reason why he probably doesn't get as much credit as he deserves. That's exactly the reason he doesn't get as much credit as he deserves. But he deserves all the credit in the world. He deserves for us to put all the respect in the world on his name. Uh, before um, his title fight, I remember looking at his record. Uh, I knew who he was. I knew he was good. But he, he was one of the only guys I've ever seen who was beating these guys like 30 to 25, yeah. 30 to 26. Yeah. Like these weren't close fights at all. Like most of these fights, he is completely dominating these guys. And for the, for the hardcore fans, we, we realize like how good he is, but for some of the casuals, they're probably like, ah, uh, you know, this is boring. I don't want to see someone just lay on top of them and, right. you know, just hit them, you know? And for us, we know that he's not just laying on top of them. I mean, Kamaru Usman, we know that he's active on the ground. But people want to see finishes. People um, love the chaos. And for us, we know like we, we know that he's dominating these guys from bell to bell. He's completely dominating. When he got in there with Woodley, I was thinking, like, man, you know, I don't think he's going to be able to wrestle Woodley like he uh, wrestles the rest of these guys. And then Woodley has a striking advantage. He's got a speed advantage. So I just don't know, like, where Usman is going to be able to have the advantage. And he, Usman literally said in the buildup that, I'm gonna beat you everywhere. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. take you to the deep. I'm gonna take you to the deep waters, and I'm gonna test your heart. That's exactly what he did, and and Woodley melted. And that fight was even 50 to 43, 50 to 44. Like 
it wasn't even close for a title fight to be like right. that. Like we need to give Usman more credit for the domination, even though he's not finishing these guys. We need to give him more credit for dominating these guys from bell to bell. These guys aren't winning a round. I mean, he's showing that I'm better than you at every aspect of this game. And I can, I dictate where this fight goes. I dictate everything about this fight. I think we need to give him more credit for that. But Agreed. People, people, people want to see these finishes, man. Yeah. And that, that's what this game is. That's why Madison is a huge star. That's why Conor McGregor is a huge star. I mean, he, does, he doesn't talk a lot of noise. He just goes out there and does his job. Um, and that kind of costs him. And, you know, even he says, you know, um, if it's a, a popularity contest, he knows he's not one of the top guys. But if it's just skill for skill or a resume and all that, he feels like he's one of the top guys. And it's hard to deny him. It's hard to deny him. Yeah. Um, look, I, there, there are people that, that don't uh, find his style entertaining. And I, I totally get that. Like, I understand it. Uh, but you know, there's, I, sometimes you have to separate how exciting a fighter is from how good a fighter is. And, and those things, Absolutely. one doesn't have to make the other one untrue. You know what I mean? And, and so I think that's maybe sometimes where people have a hard time, like seeing the difference. Maybe you don't enjoy that style. Maybe that style's not exciting to you. And maybe he's not KOing guys and you're not walking away with, you know, we always talk about the meme, like the. Uh, Anik, Rogan, and, and uh, <laughs> right. DC meme where they're, they're all going crazy. Maybe he's not doing that every time he's out there, but he's dominating. And, and you know, Curtis Blade said uh, in an interview this week with Ariel, like, he's like, I have a family. He's like, I know people want to see me bang, right. but right. I get paid $100,000 to win. I'm not going to risk standing up and trading blows when I know a guy's a bad wrestler and I can go dominate him on the ground. And and why would you risk it? I mean, I heard that interview too. Like he's like, why why risk it? If this guy's a terrible wrestler, I need I have a family to feed. I have a daughter. Let me go get my hundred thousand, and then let me go insure my extra win bonus, hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> right. Let me get that and go take that to my family. I'm not just gonna risk it because the fan wants me to uh, to to be a bigger star or whatever. Let me get my wins. Let me rack up my wins because Curtis Blades, outside of Francis Ngannou, he's undefeated. I mean, yeah. he and he's dominating these guys just like Usman is, but we're not giving him his credit either just because he's a snooze fest. I mean, yeah. we need to, like you said, we need to give these guys more credit uh, because of the domination of how good these guys are, yeah. not just because of finishes or whatever, man. I mean, we need to give them more credit for just being better than the competition. Yeah, <laughs> and, and look, I mean, if you ask me right now, and if I'm being truthful. Would I rather watch Usman fight the way he fought against Burns, or would I rather watch him fight the way he fought Masvidal? I mean, the answer is obviously Burns. It's it's more exciting. Uh, but again, I I understand that there's a difference between exciting and being dominant. And you know, being dominant doesn't necessarily mean that you're just KOing guys and trading punches every time. I mean, there's also something to be said for the the amount of damage that you take in some of these fights and. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how long some of these guys last that decide they're, they're going to just trade blows every time they're in the octagon. So, uh, I, it's exactly (laughs) dude, when you look at, at what he's done in that division and you look at what's next and I I don't know what's different about the Masvidal fight this time around, other than I kind of feel like Kamaru's a little scarier, uh, (laughs) with Trevor Whitman (laughs) on his side. Um, and then, you know, next I I think it's going to be Colby, Colby Covington or, Leon Edwards, he's fought both of those guys before. Um, he keeps getting better. Uh, it's I don't know. It's it's something to pay attention to for sure. 
Yeah, um, Masvidal is looking like he's going to be next. But, you know, Usman, it looks like he's chasing a, a big payday because he wants to be tough coaches with Masvidal. That's going to give him a big paycheck. Then the, the fight itself, they're going to build that off of that show. That you know they're probably going to get into some brawls or whatever Absolutely. on the show, and then you know that's going to build the intrigue for them to fight. So you know that's a big that's a big payday. So that's going to you know give him the payday that he's looking for. But outside of that, man, um, the fight itself, I don't see where Masvidal. You know, I don't see where he feels like he's going to have an advantage. Uh, I, I feel like he's going to be dangerous in the first uh, sixty seconds. Um, I'm curious to how Usman will approach it. I wonder if he'll, uh, ha- you know, leave it standing, give Masvidal a chance. That's, I'm sure the fans will want to see that. Yeah. Um, I mean, in the first fight, um, he took it on six days notice, so he played it safe. I mean, wh- what do you expect? I mean, you, if you're going to give a guy like Masvidal, who you know his his only chance of winning the fight is to land a, a big a hell blow. mary. Yeah. Yeah, a hell mary. And then he, Usman took the fight on six days notice. He's got a broken nose, so I mean. He played it safe. I mean, you can't blame the guy. He's a champion. That's what you're supposed to do. Uh, you know, he, he did his job, and now they're going to fight again. I don't really see it going much different unless Usman just uh, yeah. allows it to keep it standing and uh, Masvidal just happens to land a, a crazy punch out of nowhere yeah. like uh, Gilbert Burns did. But outside of that, I just feel like it's going to be another Usman domination. Yeah, and, I, I don't... And he's, he's, talking about, he's talking about finishing him. Yeah. I mean... Who's to say he can't? Now? I mean, if he, yeah, if he's talking about finishing him, maybe he does decide to to stand up and strike a little bit more. I don't know why you would fight it any differently than you did the first time. I mean, I if it were me, I, I again, I, would I rather see him stand up and strike with Masvidal? Absolutely, I think we all would. I mean, we you know we want to see what that looks like, but I mean, if I'm his coach, I'm like, no, why would you do that? That's his only chance of winning. If you if you lock him up, he has zero chance to win this fight. No, no chance to win at all. And Trevor Whitman is going to tell Usman. He's going to let him know, like, this is this is your fight. You dictate where it goes. You sh- you don't give this guy a chance to uh, to land a big punch. You take it where you want it to go. Yeah, I'm sure uh, Trevor Whitman's going to say that, but I'm sure Usman is hearing these uh, whispers, like, man, he's going to just hold him uh, against the cage the whole time, you know. And at this point, I feel like Usman just wants to, you know. If, if that's what people are saying, he's probably just going to be like, all right, you know, let's see what happens if I uh, stand for a round or whatever. Let's see what Masvidal's really made of. I mean, Masvidal's a really talented striker, so, I mean, I wouldn't uh, – I don't know, man. It, it, it's just tough, but um, Usman knows, like, Masvidal had an outlet because it was six days' notice, and he took the fight, and, you know, Masvidal had an outlet. He has an excuse. Usman wants to silence all that. So, you know, I don't know how he approaches it, but it's going to be interesting to see. Is it? It's crazy. I, I want to see those two guys fight again, Burns and, and Usman. I mean, like you said, we've never really seen Usman stumble at all. Uh, so, and, and then kind of learning a little bit after the fight that in training sessions, you know, he, he kind of allowed us to know that, that, you know, Burns comes after him in sparring sessions and, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of want to see it again. Part of it is because I don't know that there's anybody else really that I have confidence in giving a better fight. I'm curious to see what's next for Gilbert Burns as well. And I've heard this mentioned this week that a 170-pound guy would never get KO'd the way that he did off of jabs. He got KO'd off jabs because he's a 155-er. I don't know how much truth there is to that. He obviously was a lightweight for a while, jumped up. He's he's also destroyed the 170 division to this point. 
Um, I, I don't know what's next for Gilbert Burns, but I still think he's incredibly dangerous. And, and regardless, I think he's still, I mean, one of the, the premier guys at 170. I remember we were talking about this uh, on a previous pod when we were talking about Gilbert Burns' resume. And we were talking about how he had beat Damian Maya and Tyron Woodley. And we were kind of like, you know, it's good. He, he dominated those guys. He finished Maya, dominated Woodley. But, you know, is that, you know, war- do we think he's ready for the title shot? Now, Warranted, his style is, is a very problematic for Usman. Right. But now, but now after watching that fight, it made me think, like, maybe he needed another a, a fight against a younger guy a guy who was really going to test him. Cause I, I don't feel like he was necessarily tested at 170. Like yet. a Leon. Um, yeah. Like a Leon Edwards, just to see where he's really at. Um, because I mean, Woodley at this stage, you know, yeah. wh- what is he good? He's 38, 39 now. Maya 30. They're, they're both on the backside of their career. So I think it would have been better for us to see where he was really at. Uh, if he would have fought a younger guy, a younger contender, like a Leon or a Kobe, but I mean, Leon or uh, Gilbert Burns is still very dangerous. He still uh, poses a lot of threats for Usman. Uh, stylistically, he's still a problem. Um, but you know, getting dropped from jabs. I mean, I think that just goes to show like how strong Usman is more than uh, Burns being a blown up lightweight. Yeah. Because I mean, it, the jabs were perfect. I mean, the jabs were straight, and he was. I mean, they were they were picture perfect. I think uh, Anik even like referred to them as like a piston, like just firing in and out. Yeah, right. I mean, you don't see jabs like that every every day. I mean, and I heard uh, someone say that Whitman really polishes these guys, uh, the guys that he works with, their their jabs, yeah. and it showed with Usman. I mean, we, I've I haven't seen Usman throw jabs like that ever. <laughs> so right. it's it's just crazy. And but you know back to Burns, man. I still feel like he's a he's a he's a good threat in that div- in that division. But at this point, I really think I need to see him against one of these younger contenders to see where he's really at. Yeah. Uh, any other any other other? Uh, excuse me, I got the burps. Uh, any other big takeaways from uh, from UFC 258? Uh, man, it was it was a great night of fights. Um, Alexa Grasso looked really good against Macy Barber. Uh, that was a fun fight. It was a really fun fight. Uh, she's looking like she's going to be a really uh, strong contender in that division. Her boxing's really good. Um, uh, Kelvin Gaston got back on track uh, against Ian Heinish. It was that was a fight that I was pretty confident that he should win, and he definitely went out Great. there and took care of business. He wasn't really uh, all about his striking. He uh, went back to his wrestling base and uh, mixed it mixed it up. So uh, that was really good on his part. Um, um, Anthony Hernandez in the prelims, man. <laughs> what a crazy fight that was. Uh, I've never seen anybody that gassed in a fight, ever. That was insane, man. You could tell after the first he was round. Just done. He won it out. <laughs> I mean, it, it, any way that he could get out of that fight, man, he was willing to take it. I've never seen anyone get that gas. It was incredible. Like, he couldn't, and it was, I, th- I legit thought they were going to call it just because he couldn't defend himself. Like, he was just standing there taking shots because he couldn't move. It, it was crazy because it was just like the fight was going so well for him, and then it just wasn't. <laughs> right. Like, it, it, like you, normally you kind of see the – you kind of see it going downhill for yeah. someone you know, over the course of time, but it was just – at one point it was <laughs> all was good, and then it just wasn't. And then you could just tell, like, he, he was completely done. It was I've never seen that before. 
And kudos to Hernandez for um, just, you know, taking advantage and just kind of pouncing on him after that, man. It was yeah. after a while, I kind of like when he was he wasn't going down yet, but I was just like, man, stop the fight. Like he is done. Like call it. But yeah. uh, Hernandez did a good job and uh, got that win. And then, of course, um, Marquez. Julian Marquez. Marquez. <laughs> I, he might have been the highlight of the night outside of Usman, man. The call out of Miley Cyrus, man. And then, and the, hey, he I, he was down in that fight. He had to get a finish to win it, and then he got one with what, like a minute left. Yeah, yeah, got the finish with the minute left, and then capitalized for the moment. That was that, that's a great, great moment to call out someone like that on a pay per view, and then and then he gets a response. <laughs> And then he replied to that with, get my name tattooed on you. Oh, God. I was like, oh. He, he, must, he must not have no game. He, dude, he actually, he tweeted today that they're uh, still talking or something. I don't know. We'll see, we'll see how it plays out. I, 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 I'm sure everybody has, has uh, heard all the different takes on this by this point because it's been like, you know, five days. But I, I, like everybody else, thought he completely blew it. Oh yeah, I definitely thought he blew it. I was like, "Why would you?" I was like, "No, I, like ask her to on a date or something. Right. Ask her to dinner. Ask her. Come on, man, be smarter." <laughs> oh, brutal, brutal. Um, <laughs> but outside of that, man, yeah. uh, UFC 258 was really fun, and I mean, we got a lot of lot to look forward to these next couple weeks. Yeah. All right, so we are uh, we are going to crown you the champion of. UFC confident point pick'em, and you did you did it in pretty uh pretty outstanding fashion. I, I would say it was uh Usman esque, if you will. It was one of those uh, Usman type dominations, wasn't it? <laughs> it was yes, very much so. Very. I would much like so. to th- I would like to thank the, um, the little people. No, I'm just kidding, man. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, it just worked out for me. <laughs> So I got that's that's the best. Yeah, man. I mean, I can't say too much. I mean, I guess uh, my confidence with the Poirier fight, you know, that kind of helped me. And then uh, Usman, you know, I was kind of confident picking the main events. Um, I, my only kind of slip up was the Sanhagen one. Yeah. And ah, yeah, but I, I mean, I bounced back with Volkov. I mean, I guess most of the fights, fight nights that we had, uh, yeah. pretty worked out in my favor. Yeah. So. Crown myself. Uh, yeah, I've uh, I've got some work to do as we uh, we're going to so we're going to shift the scoring system and and the reason why is because there have been so many cancellations that that there's strategy I think employed to doing it the way we've been doing it where you're assigning confidence points and you're trying to pick which fights you want to give certain amount of points to and and what happens is the fights that we have don't have the same point values. So when one gets canceled, that might be my four-point fight, but it might be Will's one-point fight. And it just kind of screws up the whole system. And especially like last week, we had, uh, I think, two... You had I had one fight cancel. You had two fights cancel. Um, and it, it, it was just, yeah. It, it was really screwing up the, the system. So all the cancellations we've had... Uh, we're doing away with the confidence points, and we're just going to go straight to picking main cards. Every fight is worth a point. Um, if you want to keep the same underdog bonus point system, we can uh, to yeah, that works. you know uh, to maybe get bonus points in those situations. And then 
because obviously main events and title fights are the main draw, those are going to be worth three points. So any title fight, three-pointer, any main event, three-pointer. Man, I'm, I'm excited for it. I was excited for the last one. got the win, yeah. and now I'm looking to get, this, get the win here. Uh, I think I need to be a little more strategic with my with my picks because we're, we're at zero zero now. I can't take too many risks. <laughs> so, uh, you know, now out the gate, uh, you know, I was pretty, you know, uh, taking a lot of risks. But, you know, now got to be smarter with it. There you go. There you go. You know, I'm, 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 I might be on the other end this time. <laughs> we'll see, man. We'll see. Uh, yeah, no. It, and look, this way, if one cancels, like it's just, you know, that one's out and regardless, it's the same point value for both of us because, you know, we're not, uh, it's not going to be a 4.5 for me and a 2.5 for you. So um, it just, it's just going to make it easier and not having to like scramble at the last minute when you find out, oh, that, that fight just got scratched. And then we've already done an entire episode picking points and it's just like, okay, what do we even do that for? And some of these fights, we don't even know that they're canceled until the day of. Yeah. And then I text you like, did you know that this fight was – you're like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you text me about Miranda Maverick, and I was like, of yeah. course. Like, at that point, I think you were done with it. You were like, all right, screw this. I mean, we got to do something. Yeah, we got to change now. the system. Yeah, at that point, it was like, okay, we have to change. And I didn't even know about that one uh, until literally I turned it on. Uh, that, that was the very first – I think it was the Five first the fight night. on the early prelim – Right. And so I, I turned it on right as it started. They were like, Miranda Maverick will not be fighting on this card. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So Right, man. Yeah. Tough, but we got to yeah. move it's on. It's the world we live in, but uh, fights are going to cancel. But, yeah, it just uh, it'll just make the whole thing a little easier and, and uh, less of a pain when, when it does inevitably happen like it's going to. Uh, by the way, before we make our picks, how about – the Leon Edwards Bala Muhammad matchup on March thirteenth. That that's as good of a matchup as Leon Leon Edwards is going to get. I mean, and but Bala Muhammad is a really really tough fight for sure. I mean, we were expecting it to be Kobe or Nate Diaz, like a bigger name, but um, like uh, Bala's uh, fight name. Remember the name. We got to remember the name Bala Muhammad because. He stepped in on short notice. I mean, he had a tough fight against Diego Lima. Yeah. Like, his leg was pretty chopped up. And I, I was surprised that it was him that took the fight. But, you know, uh, for a contender like that who's towards the bottom of the top uh, 15, you got you to gotta take these chances. Yeah. And I'm sure he understood that. And Leon Edwards being such a, a high-ranked guy, if Blah Muhammad wins this, I mean, that puts him in the discussion with these top guys. So, I mean, he, he he's going to jump the line and get Absolutely. into that top five. And, you know... It's gonna it's gonna work out for him to take this fight if he ends up winning because he's just gonna skyrocket into the the upper echelon of the division. Yeah, and and look, the bottom line is he just fought. If he loses, he's losing to the number three guy, and he's losing on short notice. Like it's this is a no brainer. This doesn't hurt you in Absolutely. any way. It can only help you. Even if you lose, I mean, you're expected to lose, right? That's that's the number. Uh, what is Leon rank number two? I believe he's number three right now. Is he three? Okay, two, two or three. Two, two or yeah. three. But yeah, it's that's the number two or three welterweight in the world. You're number thirteen, and and again, you just fought, and it's short notice. Like nobody expects you to win. But look, I, I think this is a tough fight. Um, I, I, stylistically, I, I this fight's going to be a blast. Yeah, I remember as soon as you uh, as soon as I told you about it, I was like, man, 
Bilal's going to be on Leon's ass. Yeah. Like, the pressure that Bilal uh, puts on people, it's, it's insane. And, you know, Leon, he hasn't been in the cage since July of 2019. So who, who knows how he's going to look? Who knows if ring rust is going to be a thing for him? Um, Leon is a, is a really talented fighter, but I, I believe ring rust is a thing for some, for some fighters. Some fighters can, uh, can uh, work past it, but some yeah. guys, it takes them a while to get back into the swing of things. And who knows, you know, Bilal Muhammad being as active as he's been and uh, putting the pressure on guys, you know, who's to say that, you know, Bilal doesn't get the better of him. Yeah. And and look, Bilal was fantastic against Diego Lima. I know those leg kicks yeah. were were doing damage, but it, it never really phased him. He never slowed down, never stopped pressuring him. And I I, I thought his striking was was solid. I mean, he, he looked good, man. Yeah, it, it sucks to be on, on your back foot the whole time, uh, going around the <laughs> octagon with someone pursuing you the whole time. Like, that sucks. And then you're chopping this guy's leg, yeah. I mean, time after time, and this guy continues to go forward. Like, Diego Lima was hitting them. Like, the Lima brothers, their leg kicks are devastating. Yeah. And for Bilal Muhammad to take as many as he took and just to keep on coming, like, that's got to – drain you even more than the law pursuing you like that. Like just right. the fact that he's continuing to pursue you after all that, after all you're doing to him, that's just gotta be <laughs> devastating to him. And, you know, Diego Lima looked, I mean, I feel like he looked pretty good. I yeah. mean, but the law, just his pressure, his striking, suffocating you know, everything that went into it. It was, yeah, perfect. That's the perfect analogy. Suffocating man. Yeah. And, uh, Who's to say that he doesn't do the same thing to Leon Edwards? Right. I mean, Leon Edwards, he's a striker, most of the uh, striking-based fighter. So who's to say that Bilal doesn't have him on his back foot and doesn't allow Leon to ever get started? So, I mean, it's intriguing. Yeah. You mentioned ring rust, and that's always an – we never know how guys are going to react when they haven't been in the octagon for a long time. But I will say this about Leon. I guess he, he's he's been through four camps throughout this layoff. That's so. True. Where some guys, you know, aren't active for maybe a year and a half or something, generally during that year and a half, they're not actually in, like, full camps. Whereas with Leon, he's had four camps, you know, before cancellation. So, I don't know. I, I don't know how much that plays into it, but I, I feel like that's got to count for something as opposed to just being on the sideline this whole time. Right. Uh, just having the fight scheduled and, you know, to be in – um, five round fight camps because he's been scheduled for main events this whole time. Right. So, yeah, I'm sure his cardio's there. Um, his striking, I'm sure as that's there because he's a striking based guy. Um, I'm just interested to see um, when he actually gets in there with someone who is going to pressure him and have him on the outside uh, pursuing him the whole time. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what his game plan is. But you know, Leon Edwards is a very talented, very talented striker. Um, so maybe you know Leon catches him early. Uh, maybe he's able to uh, pick him apart, uh, and you know maybe he's able to make Bilal miss and get him tired. Um, it'll be interesting to see what uh, Leon's game plan is. But you know I, I think um, he should be favored to win, even though he's had such a long layoff. Uh, but man, it's gonna be interesting to see. All right, you ready to make some picks? Let's do it, man. All right, so I've got uh, six fights according to UFC.com on the main card. And here's the cool thing. We have three heavyweight fights on this card, which is always and, fun. Uh, it, it may not re, it may not give us great fights, but usually that means great finishes. 
So uh, we start with Andre Orlovsky and Tom Aspinall, and I will let you take the honors. Man, I, lo- I love this fight. I mean, Orlovsky is one of those guys that's kind of become a gatekeeper of the division. If you're a young guy coming up, you got to get through some of these older guys. Andre Orlovsky, he stopped um, a, a, another young guy in his last fight. I forget who it was, but he was a guy who had a lot of potential, and Orlovsky beat him. Uh, was, now it, this uh, one, was it Tanner Bozer, maybe? Yes, exactly, Tanner Bozer. Uh, beat Tanner Bozer in, in a co-main uh, on, on a fight night, and now he's here on another fight night against Tom Aspinall, but I am really impressed with Tom Aspinall. That guy can fight. Uh, he, he, he spars with uh, Tyson Fury or trains with him or something like that, and in his fights, man, he's a, a very uh, sophisticated striker. I think uh, Arlovsky loses this one <laughs> to Tom Aspinall. I, I'm, I got Aspinall on this one. I have Aspinall as well. I, I wasn't aware of this guy whatsoever, and I remember seeing him uh, on Fight Island last summer, and it was just one of those where, like, you see him and you're like, oh, I need to make a note of that guy. Like, that that Absolutely. was really impressive. Uh, and, and then he, he fought again, uh, I think, in the fall last year, uh, or maybe late in the year. But, uh, no, I, I think this is a future contender at the heavyweight division, so... Aspinall for me as well. And uh, does this guy look exactly like Frank Mir to you? Uh, you know, I can see that. Yeah, maybe a little bit. When I first saw him, I was like, this is Frank Mir's uh, doppelganger or something, man. Because <laughs> they look exactly alike. But, yeah, he, he's a very talented, uh, talented fighter. I think he's got a big future ahead of him for sure. All right, our next fight on the main card is a middleweight matchup with, uh, man, this one's a tough one. Nasordin Imavov? Imavov? Okay. Your guess is good as right. mine. <laughs> uh, I was just, I was hoping that maybe you were, uh, you knew the pronunciation. So, uh, versus Phil Hawes. Oh, man. This one's tough. Uh, Phil Haas is tough. And then, uh, man, I don't even want to try to pronounce his name. Uh, Imavov. What is Imavov? <laughs> it's I M A V O V. Imavov. Yeah. That sounds right. We'll go with Imavov. Okay. This is a close matchup. Um, I could see uh, either guy winning. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Imavov. All right, nice, nice. Um, I this guy fought, I guess, in October of 2020. He beat Jordan Williams by unanimous decision. That's his all. He he only has one UFC fight, uh, and I don't remember seeing him. So, um, I liked Phil Hawes. Uh, he was on Contender Series right last year, or, yeah. or was it the year before? I believe it was last year. Um, and, or no, it might have been two years ago. It was it was like it was it was recent, but it wasn't that recent. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, anyway, he was a contender series guy, and then he fought on the the Habib Gaethje card, mm-hmm. and I, I thought he was really impressive. So I'm going to take the other side of that. I'm going to take Phil Haas. Okay. okay, I like it. I like it. it it's a close matchup. Yeah, I, I feel like this could go either way. All right, our next matchup on the main card for Saturday night's Blade Lewis Fight Night is, as I uh, 
Just lost my page here. Okay, another heavyweight fight. Chris Dacus and Alexi Olenek. Man, this this one's tough. This is another one of those gatekeeper young guy type yeah. matchups. Um, I mean, we know how dangerous Alexi Olenek is on the ground. And then uh, Chris uh, Dacus? What? Dacus, yeah. Da- Chris Dacus, he's, he's good too, man. So um, I feel like uh, experience may play a factor. Uh, Olenek's had a lot of fights though, man. I mean, I think at this point it might be time for him to hang it up, but uh, this one's tough. Do you go with the experience or do you go with the young, hungry uh, stud who's coming up? Um, I'm going to go Duchess. All right, all right. I I was kind of torn as well, and I was leaning toward Duchess, but... um, Man, if Olenek gets you on the ground, it's just it feels like it's over. Even even if you're on top, like even, <laughs> right. if even, even if you're in mounts, like you are not safe with that guy. No, it's not insane. at all. <laughs> um, I'll go Olenek. You know what? I'll go Olenek just to be on the other side of it. Uh, and like I said, I was kind of torn. I was leaning toward the young guy, but uh, not not enough to to make me stick my heels in the ground and. Uh, I don't mind being on the other side just to give us some some extra rooting interest. All right. Next fight on the main card, we have Derek Minner and Charles Rosa. Oh, I like the role. Of the t- I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, this is this is a really fun fight. This has the potential uh, to be fight of the night, man. Um, oh, man, it's another close one. Jeez. Yeah. These fights are these fights are close, man. Uh, this is going to be a fun night of fights for sure. Uh, what's the who the guy? It's um, Miner. He's fighting Minner. Minner. Yeah. Minner. Uh, Derek Minner. Derek Minner. Ah, uh, man, this is close. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Minner. All right, I love it. I love it. Uh, I'm going Charles Rosa. <laughs> These fights are close, man. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, I, I I really like this fight card, man. It's another one of those that's kind of flying under the radar. But yeah. when you look at these six fights, man, it's a fun night of fights. Uh, Rosa's last three losses are to Bryce Mitchell, Shane Burgos, and Yair Rodriguez. God, those are three tough, tough guys. Right, sure. right. He <laughs> is 13-4 and four overall, and those are three of the four losses. Man and man, he's been through. He's been through the uh, murderer's row of young contenders for sure. Yeah, that's a <laughs> that's a tough one. All right, our co-main event is Caitlin Vieira against uh, Yana. Is it Konitskaya? I think that's right. Uh, Kuniskaya. Is it uh, Kuniskaya? I, I believe oh, no. so. I'm. I'm I, be, I believe so. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, like I can usually say it well, like the day after I hear it said on the fight. Right. But after a certain <laughs> amount of time passes, like it's gone. And then I, I'm like, oh, I don't remember. I remember she fought uh, Cyborg at uh, for the featherweight title and Cyborg completely demolished her. Yeah. And I believe it was Kuniskaya, but I might be wrong. And I believe she's like uh, engaged or uh, girlfriend of uh, Thiago Santos. And I really? Think I, I didn't say, know that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think I heard him say Kuniskaya. Okay. So 
I believe so, but I'm, I'm not 100%. But, you know what? Uh, we'll go with your pronunciation. Okay, well, I'll take it. But, um, <laughs> even though we'll go with my pronunciation of her, I'm not picking her in this oh. one. <laughs> I'm not picking her in this one. Uh, Kaylin Vieira, I'm going with her in this one. I think that uh, she's just better everywhere, and uh, I think it'll show. All right, we're on the same side of that one. I thought you were about to go the other way, uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there as well. All right, our main event. This is a fun one, and I like both of these fighters as well. So it's always hard when I, I like actually have some rooting interest because I like both guys. Derek Lewis and Curtis Blades. Man, uh, you know, when you hear the interview that Curtis Blades did with Ariel and he says, I got to get my win, you know, uh, I got 100000 uh guaranteed, and then if I want that extra 100000 I got to win. So he's not going to keep it standing for the, for the fans. And as exciting as Derek Lewis, Derek Lewis is, as much of a fan favorite that he is, he gets exciting knockouts. Uh, he's a guy that if you really, if you really pressure him, if you really kind of take it to him, he's going to give you uh, the win pretty much. He's going to uh, put himself in a position to kind of let you uh, take the win if you really want it. Um, it's the same thing that happened with uh, DC. It happened with uh, right. JDS. It happened with um, – it almost happened with Alexander Volkov, but Derek Lewis kind of turned it on at the end. Um, Mark Hunt, you know, a lot of these guys. Um, but on the other side, he's got that one-shot power that if he lands, you know, it's you're going to go to sleep. So it's one of those things that, you know, do you go with – uh, Blades, who's such a dominant wrestler, or do you go with that Hail Mary shot of Derek Lewis? And uh, for me, uh, I don't think Blades is that is that guy who's just going to give Derek Lewis any opportunities to land that punch. Uh, so uh, I'm going to go Curtis Blades. We are on the same side of the fence in the main event. Curtis Blades for me as well. Um, he, you know, you mentioned DC. He kind of reminds me of DC a little bit. Like he's just, he knows exactly what he wants to do. He knows what kind of fighter he is and he knows his opponents and he's just going to go win the fight by, by whatever means necessary. He's not out there to like look good in the process. You know what I mean? Um, Derek Lewis only, it only takes one shot. I just don't think that he has many of those opportunities in this fight. Uh, so yeah, I, I think, uh, I, Curtis blades, I mean, the guy's only lost twice. Both times were to Francis Ngannou. Otherwise, like, he's been completely dominant. He's 14 in Ngannou. You know how Chandler says how he wants to make Khabib 29 in Chandler? Curtis Blades is 14 or 15 in Ngannou. Yeah. Uh, everybody else, he's completely dominated. I mean, Volkov gave him some trouble. Um, I think that was his first, uh, like, time going the, the full five rounds, I believe. Uh, and so he, he got tired and he wasn't able to get Volkov down after a while. And Volkov was able to, uh, you know, get some rounds and, uh, uh, keep it standing for a little bit. So if laid, if, if, if Lewis can push it to those later rounds and keep it standing, maybe, but you know, I just don't see it, man, because this is, this is how, this is exactly how I see this fight going. The fight starts, Derek Lewis is going to throw some crazy, (laughs) it's going to be a crazy kick. (laughs) <laughs> and he's going to just be throwing some Hail Mary shots until Blade gets a hold of him and yep. gets him down uh, for the rest of the round. And then the, the remainder of however long the fight lasts is going to be uh, similar to that. Yep. And 
you know, Lewis isn't uh, hasn't been that great with his cardio. So, you know, I think Blades is just going to, you know, take it to him and um, maybe get a finish or just kind of just coast to a victory. Um, that's not going to put you in the good graces of uh, Dana and these guys. But, you know, he, he's going to continue to pile up the wins and it's going to be hard to deny him. But I was telling you earlier, man, like, I don't I don't know how Blades is going to get a title shot in the near future because you got Stipe and Francis fighting, then John's waiting in the wings. If John beats Stipe or Francis or whoever it is, who's to say they don't rematch right. or whatever? So it, I just don't see a, a scenario where Blades gets a title shot anytime soon. Yeah, it's it's going to be tough. Uh, I'm I'm with you completely. I think Lewis is going to blitz for the first sixty seconds, uh, and then once Blades gets a hold of him, I think he's just going to wear him down. And unlike Volkov, I just don't know that Derek Lewis is going to have enough left in the tank late even if Blades gets tired to, to be able to maybe make a push, uh, I think Blades is just going to complete wear him down to a whole different level than we saw with Volkov. So, uh, I, honestly, I kind of think this could look a lot like that uh, Usman-Masvidal fight, right? Like, try to avoid something early and then the rest, you know, just grind him down the rest of the way. Um, you're right about the title shot, though. I, I don't know what the path would be because if Francis wins against Stipe... He's, he's lost to Francis twice. I don't like. I don't know how you can make a big push for a third fight when it's and it's not a guy that you know is is obviously entertaining, which is what they're all about. John Jones is next, regardless. And then I think I would imagine if John beats either one of those guys, it's going to go straight to rematch. I think Stipe has probably earned the right at this point to rematch, no matter who it is. So, at some point before Curtis Blades gets an opportunity. So, yeah, it's it's. I think it's tough, man. I, I don't know where, I mean, and, and he also said, uh, I think in that same interview, that he only has two fights left in the UFC on his contract. Yeah, and uh, he's only making $100,000 plus $100,000 win bonus. Who's to say that some of these other companies like PFL, Bellator, you know, these guys, offer him a big payday to, you know, come be champion against guys who aren't as good as these UFC guys. I mean, yeah. some of those Bellator guys, I mean, the Bellator heavyweight division isn't as, isn't as uh, developed as uh, the UFC heavyweight. So Curtis Blades goes, goes over there. He's going to be a champion. Yeah. Uh, he's dominating these UFC guys outside of Francis Ngannou, who's got just scary power. I mean, we just haven't seen a guy just go out there and just prove that that, they're better than Curtis Blades. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Francis knocked him out twice, and it's going to be tough for him to get a title shot against a guy like Francis. But outside of that, he's dominated everyone else. And, you know, like you said, John's next. If John beats Stipe, I'm pretty sure that they're going to rematch. Like, uh, I feel oh, like that's absolutely. Gonna be, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that's going to be a big money fight. Um, I'm pretty sure they're going to rematch. And then if it's uh, Francis, uh, who beats Stipe and then John beats Francis, I feel like Stipe is still going to get the yeah. power shot yeah. over <laughs> uh, against against uh, John. So, 100%. Uh, so uh, Curtis Blade is in a tough spot. I mean, he's beaten pretty much everyone, but um, I feel like that um, – I remember we were talking about Volkov getting the winner of Rosenstrike and uh, Shrill Gone, but yeah. at, at this point – these, that's a fresh matchup for Curtis Blades too. So who's to say the winner of that fight doesn't get that's true. Uh, Curtis Blades? Yeah, maybe the winner gets Curtis Blades and the loser gets uh, gets Volkov at that point. Or, um, I don't, I don't know. What do you do with Derek Lewis? 
I mean, because he's he's I mean he's right there in that same group as well, uh, and he's got a win over Volkov. But I I don't know. It's it's tough. I, I think maybe the most realistic path would be Stipe beating Francis for a second time. So he'd be two and zero. There's not. Uh, I mean, maybe unless it's just a, a five-round war, then you could really get a push for a third fight quickly. But um, otherwise, I don't think there's a big push for a fight quickly. And then I think Stipe would also have to beat John Jones. And then probably Curtis Blades would be next in that scenario. But, I mean, still, Stipe's not a guy that fights often anyway. So right. if he's going to fight twice in a year, you have to imagine that he's taking a long time off before he comes back again. I mean, we could be talking about the end, like like the very end, November or December of 2022, potentially. And who's to say, I mean, Stipe is about 39-40. Who's to say if he beats Francis again and beats John? Yeah. Who's to say that he doesn't just hang <laughs> it up after right. that? I mean, what, I mean, what else would he have to do in the UFC career? He's beaten, he would have beat DC, Francis twice, Overeem, John, like yeah. all those guys. Like, he wouldn't have anything left. Like, who's to say he doesn't uh, retire? If he does retire, that would open a door for Curtis yeah. Blades because he would have a, a resume of uh, if he beats Derek Lewis and, and then uh, let's just say he beats the winner of uh, of Ghan and uh, Jarzino. I mean, he would have beaten literally everyone else except for outside of like the top tier guys. There's a really so, obvious fight though if Stipe beats Francis and then beats John and then retires. The obvious fight is Francis and John. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> which is just tough for uh, Curtis Blades because if he if he tries to say like I'm next in line for the title shot, I mean John has a resume that speaks for itself, and then Francis can say I, I knocked you out twice. Like, what do you mean? Like, you're beneath me regardless. Right. So it's tough. It's yeah. a tough situation for him. And and look, I, like I I can't really blame the UFC in this instance for for putting John Jones at the at the top of the list absolutely not like you can't i think there are circumstances where sometimes guys may get those opportunities that were like really but yeah i i mean john jones is arguably the best that's ever done it absolutely he's had he's dominated the light heavyweight division for 10 11 years now like and a lot of his fights haven't even been close um yeah. except for these these uh younger guys who came up at this point, we've been begging for him to go up to heavyweight for so long. You don't want to uh, spoil that with him just fighting, you know, uh, the top five heavyweight or the top right. three or whatever. You got to give him uh, the title shot. He's earned it uh, over the course of ten years dominating that division. Um, he's earned it, and uh, Curtis Blades knows. Like, yeah, he knew it was coming as right. soon as John Jones said he was going to heavyweight. He knew that John was going to get that title shot, and it's just he's deserving of it. You can't. I mean, you can't say, no, I'm, I'm in line. I'm next right. in line, no. I mean, Francis, you can, because Francis has literally been on such a tear. He's knocked out, like, four or five guys in a row, and he already had the title shot before John decided to move up. Right. So you can't just skip Francis just because, you know, John's coming up. So you, and in that sense, I understand Francis getting it, but, um, yeah, John's got to be next. Yeah. It, it, that, that's just one of those belts that I just, it probably isn't, uh, isn't defended often enough. Yeah, because in the last three years, I mean, there, for a while, Stipe was uh, was active. He was, uh, 
I remember he beat um, he won the title from uh, Fabricio, and then he beat uh, JDS, uh, and he beat Overeem and uh, Francis. So he beat all of them within the course of maybe like a year and a half, and then uh, jumped right into that fight with uh, with DC, DC yeah. after like after like after like six months after that Ngannou fight. Um, Knocked out, uh, got knocked out. Then DC fought Derek Lewis pretty quick. But outside of that, um, this uh, Stipe and DC trilogy, you know, it's been a year, you know, for all these fights. Yeah. Uh, a year between the fights. So now uh, you hope to see the the, the 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 title get defended a little bit more. But I think Stipe knows, like, he's got to save his chin because he's starting to get hit uh, <laughs> yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, with Francis, he got hit a lot and didn't go down, uh, and then ended up uh, gassing Francis out using the wrestling and everything. And then DC hits him with that perfect shot. I mean, it wasn't much, but it was just right on the perfect, button. Yep. It was. It wasn't a Francis power type shot. It was just a shot that Stipe didn't see, and it put him down. And since then, Stipe's like, "Yeah, I gotta take some time and make sure that uh, I'm in shape for one, and that my chin is uh, is well rested." So, I mean. Um, he wanted to take a lot of time after this uh, this last DC fight. I think that fight was what in August. Um, yeah, August that sounds July. right. Yeah, and and now they're uh, his next fight is is March. So I mean, he didn't get hurt in that DC fight. Uh, DC hit him with a lot of a lot of shots, but he didn't get hurt. Um, so I think it's good. It's a good amount of time they've taken off for Francis. But man, if Francis has that power, and in it's 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 scary power, man. It's, yeah, it's scary. If he hits him, if he hits Stipe clean, I don't know, man. I don't. Know I don't think. Stipe's I don't think Stipe wears those punches the same way this time around as he did the last time. I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. He's gonna have to uh, have a Curtis Blade DC type mindset. Yeah. Uh, where uh, Stipe to- or DC uh, told Stipe bring your wrestling shoes. He's gonna have to tell Francis to bring your wrestling shoes because he can't uh, have a standing with Francis for long. Yeah, we are uh, we are only three weeks away from two fifty nine. Oh man! man. I, I heard I heard somebody say this week this is the biggest pay per view card in the history of the UFC. Agree or disagree? Ooh. I okay. This is a pretty good. This is a pretty big uh, fight card, but I don't think it's the biggest in the UFC. Uh, man, I, I, dang. Two fifty was pretty big. Yeah, um, um, I, like I, I, two hundred. I remember was really yeah, big. Two hundred, two hundred five. Like, there's been some some uh, three title fight cards that have been stacked from top to bottom, but yeah. this one, this one's pretty stacked for sure. Um, well, and, and here's the other thing. You you have three title fights, but you have four champions. Yeah. With with Izzy and, and Jan fighting each other. Yeah, and then you have Nunes, who's a double champion. Yep. And, oh, man. Is this... I don't know. I, I probably have to look at some of these uh, these other cards from top to bottom, yeah. but it's probably up there in the... In the Top five, maybe, I'd say. Easily top five. Okay, so just the main, like the prelim is stacked too, but just the main card, Jan Izzy, Amanda Nunez, Megan Anderson, and then Pewter Jan and Aljamain Sterling. Those are the three title fights. 
the non-title fights are Tiago Santos and Alexander Rakic and Islam Makashev and Drew Dober. So, I mean, like, there's not a break as far as, like, excitement on the main card. Uh, the under the prelims, so you have uh, Askarov Benavidez, number three and number four in the flyweight division. You have Casey Kinney and Dominic Cruz, 14 and 15 in bantamweight. Uh, I think that Sean Brady-Jake Matthews fight is really good. Um, Jordan Espinosa, Tim Elliott. Elliott's the number 14 flyweight right now. Uh, Kai Kara France and um, Bonterin, eight and not, uh, number eight and number ten flyweights. Uh, who else do we have? I thought there was one other big one, but yeah, I mean that that's a that that's a loaded card. Loaded from top to bottom. Yeah, and, and these are fights that could be like fight night main events. Yeah. Um, if this wasn't like these, there are fights that could be co-main events on pay-per-view cards. Like these are the prelims are so stacked, and then the main card it, it's loaded three title fights, and these matchups are so intriguing, man. It's gonna be a fun night, man. Like Dominic Cruz Casey Kinney is a prelim fight on a pay-per-view. Yeah, and Dominic Cruz, longtime bantamweight champion, and he's on the prelims. Yeah, like that's how stacked this card is. Yeah, it's it's big time. Yeah, we'll have to go back and, and maybe look at some other ones, but I think there's at least an argument to be made off the top of my head. Yeah, there's definitely an argument to be made. Um, just just off the top of my head, like that 205 card with uh, an MSG. I remember you had Conor McGregor, Eddie Alvarez. You had uh, Wonderboy Thompson and uh, uh, Tyron Woodley. And then you had yeah. uh, Joanna and um, somebody else. Joanna and uh, um, Carolina, uh, three title fights. That was uh, a really fun card. And I think the other two, uh, you had Joel Romero and Chris Weidman. And you had, um, ooh, first fight of the night. What was it? Can't remember Which one was this head. on? 205. 205. Uh, in, in, in uh, MSG. Another MSG one uh, that was really fun. Remember uh, GSP's return against uh, Michael Bisping? Oh, yeah. And then that one, you had uh, Dillashaw and Garbrandt, GSP Bisping, and you had Joanna and Rose. Oh. This, that one was good. 200, um, 200 was messed up because of the whole John Jones situation. <laughs> But that, but that one was fun. Yeah, uh, you had Brock back. You had right. DC and uh, Anderson Silva and um, Aldo and Edgar, Amanda and Misha Tate. Like, there's some, there's some pretty fun ones. But um, yeah, I, I'd have to go back and look at it. But man, I, now that I'm thinking about it, like uh, 259, that has a chance to be up there for sure. Okay, so I pulled up 205. Whoo! <laughs> All right, I'll just go down the list. McGregor Alvarez obviously was the main event. Uh, Woodley Thompson, uh, Joanna, um, I, I don't even remember Carolina, Carolina Kovalkiewicz. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. <laughs> I don't even remember her for some reason. Um, yeah. she's falling off hard. <laughs> uh, Yoel Romero, Chris Weidman, uh, Pennington, Misha Tate, yes, Frankie Edgar, Jeremy Stevens, 
Mm-hmm. Khabib Michael Johnson. Yes, that yep. Vincent Luque, Bilal Muhammad. Ooh. Jim Miller, Tiago Alves. Yeah. 205 might take the cake. Yeah. That's it's close though. That's that's a really good card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's tough, man. Like 205, they stacked that one insanely for the uh first ever MSG card. Yeah. Uh, there's some, there's been some fun ones, man. Uh, I think 205 might have an edge on 259, but 259 is loaded, man. And, and then we have to see how these fights go because right. 205 was stacked on paper and it delivered. So right. uh, just like a lot of these uh, three title fight cards, they deliver a lot of the time. So we'll have to see um, on on this uh, night of fights as well. So I don't I don't see a scenario where the fights will be boring because these fights are so fun on on paper. Like I don't see a scenario where there's any snoozers, but well, we'll just have to see, man. What what was the last three fight uh, three title card? Um, off the top of my head, I remember uh, two forty five was three title fight with uh, Usman Covington. Nunez, Jermaine Durand and me, and um, uh, Holloway, Volkanovski won. Didn't we have, I thought we had one last year, but Um, I could be wrong. No, we didn't, we didn't have, we didn't have a three title fight one last year. Uh, It it was mostly uh, one title fight, two title fight cards because COVID was so crazy. You could barely get these guys, uh, Fight. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, 251 was three title fight, wasn't it? Uh, Usman Masvidal, uh, Holloway, Volkanovski 2, and um, Jan and Aldo. 251 uh, on Fight Island. Okay, there you go. There you go. Yeah. The fact yeah, that you that's... can remember all the fights <laughs> on, like, on, and I can't remember what fights were on what cards. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. There you go. I thought I, thought I had remembered, like, during the pandemic at one point there was one, but I, I mean, there was no way I would have ever been able to remember which card, much less which three fights. So yeah, there's a lot going on. in the <laughs> <of> mine, man. <laughs> That's impressive, <laughs> man. That's really impressive. Yeah. I just pulled yeah. it up. It was, yeah. Usman Masvidal, Volkanovsky Holloway, and then Jan Aldo. Also, um, the other two fights on that, uh, that main card were, uh, Rose versus Andrade and then Amanda Hebos and Paige Van Zant. So that, yeah, that was a pretty fun card. That's a pretty good one too. That was also the card that had uh, Yuri Prohaska as the feature prelim. Oh man, and he looked so good he against did. Vulcan, man. Yeah, uh, Vulcan. He hadn't seen nothing like that before. <laughs> no, it was a whole different deal. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, he's got a big fight coming up too. So, all right, man. We. Um, Let's see. We are on the opposite side of Rosa Minner, uh, Olenek Dacus, and Haas Imovov. I'm just yeah, saying so it like it a be- boss, like I know how to pronounce it. <laughs> You're so confident, and I'm just going to roll with you, man. <laughs> Somebody's listening yeah, to this like, that's not how you say not, it, idiot. That's not it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Forget you, whoever you are. Yeah. Forget you. Yeah. I, uh, I, I fully admit that... Uh, Especially some of the like European names, zero chance. Yeah, and just the fact that you that you say it so confidently, <laughs> more power to you, brother. I'm I'm there with you one hundred percent. There you go. 
Um, I, I used to, I used to just make a joke out of it and I would just say, I would say it how I imagine most Oklahomans pronouncing it. And I just like, that was my thing. I would just be like, all right, we're just going to say this how I imagine most Oklahomans would say it. And that's the way we're going. So, man, but now I listen to some of these uh, reporters talk, uh, say like, um, Khabib, like Nurmagomedov. Yeah. And they struggle so much with it, man. Yeah. Like, it's so crazy. And I'm just like, Nurmagomedov. Like, come on, man. Yeah. It's not that hard. Like, sound out the syllables or yeah. whatever. See, that's uh, one, though, that, they, like, we've heard it so much. It's just, it, you know, like, it's almost second nature now. But in the beginning, that one was also one of those that even though we all knew who he was and we were watching him all the time, like, I could never say it. But, you know, after, after you hear it so much, kind of like Giannis, right? Like, for forever, yeah. everybody had a hard time saying Antetokounmpo, and now it's just you've heard it so much, it's no big deal. Yeah, and I I, I watched this YouTube video of uh, announcers saying Giannis's name, like when he first got into the yeah. league, and uh, the Miami Heat announcer, God, he said, "I took cut and boo." <laughs> I took cut and boo for three. I was like, "Whoa, oh, it's bad, that's so bad." bad. <laughs> that's why they. That's why they just they came up with Greek Freak like out of the gate. It was just like you know what we're gonna bypass yeah. the last name, go straight to Greek Freak, easy quick and fix. Were, and then Giannis like no one even tries it anymore. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> hearing Shaq and Charles and those guys say it like just just say Giannis yeah. man. Don't even try to say <laughs> And then like Joanna like her name like if I didn't hear her name said by these people so much. Yeah. Like just just the spelling of that like how do you even sound young Jake check out of that spelling? Like there's like so many z's in it yeah. and stuff. It's just it's crazy. Like if I were to try to sound that out, it would sound nothing like young Jake check for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's that one's also I I still don't even have that one down. So yeah, Joanna, Joanna Champion. <laughs> right. Leave Yon J check out of it, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no doubt, no doubt. All right, my friend, always appreciate it. Big fight night, Saturday night, and uh, this is going to be a good one, man. Three heavyweights. Uh, whenever there's three heavyweight fights, it's going to be fun, even when there's one. I mean, yeah. not much uh, technical fighting, but there's going to be a lot of chances for to see some knockouts. Yeah. I mean, you'll see some uh, some wrestling with Blaze for sure, uh, but you got that knockout threat with uh, Derek Lewis. So it'll be a fun night of fights. Um, not a lot of name value on this card, but a lot of uh, very fun fights. So good matchup. If you don't have if you don't have anything uh, to do on Saturday night, turn on the UFC. Man, it's gonna be a um, it's gonna be a really fun night of fights. There we go. And this is setting us up for next Saturday when we have another heavyweight main event. So. Yeah, a lot, a lot shaking in up in that division. division. Yeah, a lot of traction in that division after um, kind of uh, it's been kind of stalled over the last few years. Yeah. Now we're finally getting some movement within the rankings, and then that's going to lead us to the big title fight. So it's going to be exciting. Yep, no doubt, my friend. All right, uh, take it easy. I will text you on Saturday, and uh, I would wish you good luck. But um, seeing as how you <laughs> kicked my ass the last time around, zero chance. <laughs> Well, I will be a good sport, and I will wish you good luck, my brother. (laughs) And now you're going to do me dirty. All right. We'll talk to you next time, Will. All right, man. Have a good one, brother. Will Brewer joining me on the Colby Daniels podcast.
That is it for this episode of the Colby Daniels Podcast presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, and Delta 8. If you're unfamiliar with any of these products or have any questions whatsoever, don't hesitate to give them a call, 405-458-9699. They're all about educating people and dedicated to helping people live a better life. So I'm a customer. I I can tell you firsthand they're great people, and they are genuinely there to help you. So uh, don't be afraid to ask any questions that you may have. Also, we're saving you 15% off your online order right now with the discount code COLBYSHOW. As you order online, abotanicalcompany.com. Use COLBYSHOW at checkout for 15% off your online order. Again, abotanicalcompany.com. Everybody have a great day. Have a great weekend. Stay safe, and I will talk to you on Monday. Podcast is over.